Welcome to week seven of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. I am the host of the show, really the only guy here, Aaron Larson. Uh, find me on Twitter at AA Larson. You can find this show on Twitter at the Process FFP, where every week I'm going to break down the slate of NFL games and suggest players that you should be attacking or avoiding in fantasy football. Uh, this is a, a wide lens we look through here, looking at Things that can help you with start-sit decisions, uh, playing the waiver wire, making trade offers, setting DFS lineups. All that is in play as we look at Week 7. So, uh, as usual, first of all, we're going to take a look back at Week 6 and see how we did. Sue, how did we do? Nailed it! So, I'm not big on victory laps, but I do feel like last week was the best week of the show so far. Taking a look back at the suggestions from last week... Uh, I suggested attacking Kirk Cousins at quarterback. That was a good call. Finished at quarterback six. I said if you were desperate, you could play Josh Rosen. Hopefully you weren't that desperate. He did not do well. Quarterback 32 on the week. Running backs, I suggested attacking Sony Michelle. He was also close to being really good. Still finished as the running back 20, so I'll take that. Um, I said that the Texans' backfield could be good. I said it could be one or the other. Carlos Hyde was fantastic running back nine, uh, but even Duke Johnson was usable at running back 18. And uh, everything here, we're looking at half point PPR scoring. And then uh, in the running back section, I said, you can even feel free to roll out James Conner because he'd get all the volume. Well, not only that, he finished as the running back one on the week against the Chargers on Sunday night. So that worked out well. Um, receivers I suggested attacking last week, D.D. Westbrook. Finished as the wideout 38 on the season. So very usable. Not a, not a blow-up game, but did not kill you by any means. Um, Curtis Samuel did really well. Finished as the wide receiver four. Um, when I was looking at him, I said I liked him better than DJ Moore, who still had an okay game. But Samuel, wide receiver four. DJ Moore, wide receiver 20. So I'll chalk that one up in the victory column. Um, and then I said from the Dolphins uh, receiving core, that I like Devontae Parker better than Preston Williams. Devontae Parker, wide receiver 23, got in the end zone again. Preston Williams did not have much of a day, wide receiver 60 on the week. Tight ends, not a big shocker, did not do great there. It's kind of hard to take a deep shot at tight end. I like Gerald Everett, but he did not do so well. Tight end 39, I'm okay missing on that, I guess. And my dart throw of the week was Jeff Swaim, who was tight end 48. So, again, yeah. It is what it is with tight ends in fantasy football nowadays. Um, defenses I liked last week, as far as you know, deeper options, I liked Baltimore, and they finished middle of the pack, DST 15. So not as good as you'd hoped, but not awful. Um, the players I wanted to avoid last week included Matthew Stafford, who finished as the quarterback 21. So I feel like that's a good suggestion that hopefully you did not play him. You really want to be inside that top 12 at the quarterback. 21's typically not going to cut it. Um, one of the misses, I said to avoid Sam Darnold. I didn't trust him coming back against the Cowboys. He uh, had some big plays, hit that big pass to Robbie Anderson. Finished his QB9, so I'll take the take the, the loss on that one. That's fine. Uh, running back, I only suggested avoiding one running back last week, and that was Joe Mixon, and that was a good call. He had a terrible game by his standards. I think he's got the talent, but his team is just in kind of disrepair right now. He was the running back 40 on the week, so not what you want there. 
Um, receivers, I said that I was avoiding Juju. I said I was trying to trade him. Thankfully, I did get him traded before Sunday, and he finished as the wide receiver 87 on the week. He'll have big games here and there, but I am okay with him being off of my teams. Um, and then I said um, DJ Shark. I think he's going to still be fine, but I like DD better last week, and DD did finish better than Shark. Shark finished as wide receiver 46 on the week. So I'm, um, again, good with that call on avoiding him. Tight ends, um, again, tight ends are tight ends. It's a mess. I said to avoid Greg Olson, Delaney Walker. They finished as tight end 14, tight end 17. I also said I had no faith yet in O.J. Howard. He was tight end 21. So I guess I'll take all those as, you know, moral victories, if you will. Um, and the defense I wanted to avoid last week was the Eagles up in Minnesota. And that was a good call. They finished as the DST 23 on the week. Even though they shut down Delvin Cook, they were completely exposed again in the passing game by Kirk Cousins and especially Stephon Diggs. So those were my calls last week. Again, I'm feeling it was the best week of the year so far. Uh, hopefully I can... Uh, live up to this higher bar that I have now set. So with all that in mind, now let's start looking at week seven. A quick overview of week seven. So we have another four teams on by this week, the Panthers, the Browns, the Steelers, the Buccaneers, and they include a lot of big time fantasy names that you might be missing out on this week. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, even if they're not super productive, those are still big names. and They are not available this week. Uh, the Thursday night opener should be a, an entertaining one with lots of fantasy value involved. That is Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. 49 point over under in that contest. The uh, Sunday slate's relatively full. The primetime game Sunday night is the Eagles at the Cowboys. 48 and a half point over under. Pretty healthy there. And the Monday night game is the Patriots against the Jets, which... Might not turn out so well for the Jets, but you never know what's going to happen on Monday night. Highest over-under expected of the week is the Rams at the Falcons with a 54-point over-under. A lot of low totals this week. Um, Saints at Bears is expected to be 38 over-under. Dolphins at Bills, 38.5. And Chargers at Titans also at 38.5. So that's what we're dealing with as we look on. So um, here we go. On to week seven. Attack! Players that I want to attack this week in fantasy football, starting off at the quarterback position and somebody that you may be off of this week because he had such a golfful performance. And oh, I'm sorry, but Jared Goff, really, he was bad in week six. He didn't even break 100 yards. He had 78 yards passing uh, against the 49ers. So I get it if you are kind of sick to your stomach from playing him last week. But if there's ever been a spot for a bounce-back performance, it's this week. He gets to play the Atlanta Falcons, who are terrible against the pass so far this year. And he gets to play them. It's on the road. Uh, West Coast team going out east, but I'm not too worried about that. It is still in a dome environment, and the Falcons really are that bad. So maybe that's a bit too obvious, but Jared Goff, he's still a very good play this week. Um, going on to some of the lower-owned guys that might be available... Uh, and there are a lot of them this week, a lot of the uh, streaming options this week. So I'll start off with my my favorite, and that is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, rookie quarterback, Danny Dimes, if you will, uh, going up against Arizona. It's at home, and the Cardinals are giving up the 
third most fantasy points against to the quarterback position. And it's just barely third because they're giving up 24 and a half points. Atlanta, who we just mentioned, giving up 24.6 points per game. And Miami Dolphins giving up 24.8 points per game to quarterbacks. So they're all in that ballpark. And uh, above all that, the Cardinals have given up the highest in the league in uh, passing touchdowns, 16 so far, through just six games. So definitely like Jones's chance. He even has that rushing floor, that rushing ability. He could find the end zone on the ground. And not to mention, he's getting back a bunch of weapons that he really hasn't. He's never had them all together at this point. So Golden Tate had the big play last week. He's going to be there still. Uh, but Saquon Barkley is coming back, giving him that option on the ground. And also he can catch passes pretty dang good, more than uh, or better than most backs in the league pretty pretty easily. And then Evan Engram might be back. He's practicing in full. Sterling Shepard might even be back. So he might have his full arsenal of weapons for the first time against the Cardinals at home. Sign me up. I am just fine starting Daniel Jones this week. Um, other streamers, again, I said there's a lot. So these other guys I'll mention, Josh Allen, coming off the bye, maybe he's available, maybe you hung on to him. He gets the Dolphins this week, uh, who give up, like I said, the most points to the quarterback position. Josh Allen's got that rushing floor. It also gives him a huge upside. Um, so, And the schedule coming up is looking fantastic. So if you've got Josh Allen, play him this week, play him for a while. Uh, hang on to him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett playing as the Texans. That's an option if you need a little bit deeper even. So uh, Texans, not really a great defense. They're giving up the ninth highest average fantasy points to the quarterback. They're giving up the fifth most passing yards per game to the quarterback. And they just lost their slot corner, Roby. So that's another bonus going up against the Texans that Jacoby might be able to take advantage of. T.Y. Hilton, I'll talk about him in a little bit too, coming off of the injury, but he should be full to go, uh, I would assume, at this point, getting off that bye week. Uh, Gardner Minshew, yeah, against the Bengals, play him. He, uh, again, Bengals also not good. And if you're really deep, two quarterback league, super flex, everybody I've mentioned is already taken, and you still need somebody, look at Joe Flacco. Maybe he's available, probably. Um, and going up against... The Chiefs on Thursday night, uh, high over under in that game of 49 and a half and just a three and a half point spread. Chiefs are favored, but not by that much. So if there's a high scoring game and um, close game, Flacco could be involved throwing the ball around. Sanders looks like he's good to go. Cortland Sutton has been coming through. You still got pass catching running backs. Both of them can catch passes. You have an athletic tight end. Flacco could be a very usable quarterback this week. Moving on to the running backs. Went a little deep there on the quarterback, so I'll try to keep it tight here with the running backs. And the guy that might be going a little unnoticed this week that I really want to attack, I just talked about the game on Thursday night. Uh, I really like Royce Freeman on Thursday night. So going with the uh, Thursday night running backs for back-to-back weeks after I liked Sony Michelle last week. But Kansas City is giving up the fifth most fantasy points on average two running backs, that's 21.8. Uh, and they're giving up the most rushing yards allowed so far this season. So, and we've, or maybe not we, but other teams have figured out the formula of how to beat the Chiefs, and that is run the ball. Two weeks ago, the Colts had 45 rushing attempts for 180 yards and touchdown. 
Last week, the Texans had 41 rushing attempts for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, a couple of those were Watsons, but they were still on the ground, so they still count. Um, so, yeah, and Philip Lindsay is still there, and it's Royce Freeman, and it's a up-and-down shared backfield. And Lindsay has quite a bit more fantasy points this season because he's found the end zone more. But looking deeper at the numbers, Freeman has actually been out-snapping Lindsay. Four of the last six games, uh, last three consecutive games, Freeman is seeing the field more. And if it comes down to pass catching, because it's going to be very possibly a negative game script against the Chiefs, but they have the same amount of targets this year, uh, Lindsay and Freeman. They both have 26, which is both a very respectable number. Um, nice little stat from Ian Hartitz on Twitter. I mentioned him last week. Great follow on Twitter. Um, Freeman has the most touches in the entire league, most touches without a touchdown yet, 87. He has touched the ball 87 yards or yards. He has touched the ball 87 times and has not yet found the end zone. The next closest, the second most touches without a touchdown is Kenny and Drake way down at 60. So the numbers are in his favor there. The probability is in his favor there. He's got to find the end zone at some point, right? Um, no better time than this week against Kansas City. Uh, I actually have a, an opponent in my league, one of my leagues, who is currently putting Tariq Cohen in his lineup with Freeman on the bench. So I hope he's not listening. Um, a few other quick ones. Leonard Fournette, yeah, I'm sure you're playing him. You better be playing him because he should just completely eat against Cincinnati. Seventh most running back targets for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you heard that right. Leonard Fournette, the guy not known for his pass catching coming into these uh, into this season after his first few years, has the seventh most targets in the NFL from the running back position with 36. He has the fourth most routes run per game. He's running almost 18 routes per game. Uh, another uh, good Twitter follow. That's from Jesse Reeves on Twitter. So those are my guys. Um, others i guess like follow the uh devin singletary injury reports this week if he is playing i love him against miami if he's not playing i like frank Gore against miami um and then the rams running backs monitored that situation because Gurley is already missed last week and malcolm brown apparently is injured and daryl henderson's still there john kelly is apparently maybe going to be a thing he's there he didn't play anything last week um but monitor that if a couple of those guys are out there's some points to be had there against the Falcons. So, all right, on to wide receivers. And this is this is my, my play of the week, I think. I really, going all out here, I am ready to trust Dante Pettis again. Um, after an offseason of huge hype, then right about the uh, end of August, before the season started, we had a gigantic crash in Dante Pettis. He hasn't been very good to start the year, but we are looking in the right direction when we start looking deeper in the stats. So first of all, let's talk about the matchup. Matchup is great against Washington because they're giving up the fifth highest average points to wide receivers, almost 28 points per game. They've given up 10 touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, that's the second most in the league. The Eagles have given up 11. The Falcons have also given up 10. So lots of points given up to the to the receivers. And then, like I said, he's trending in the right direction. His snaps, his targets, they're increasing. He played 74% of the offensive snaps last week. That's um, his season high. And that was more than any other non-George Kittle skill position player. Um, 
That, by the way, that's a stat that I got while I was researching my target report I do every week for the fantasy footballers. Check that out. I always put it up on Twitter. Check out the ballers website. Articles going up there every week. But anyway, I digress. Um, Pettis ran 23 routes last week. Uh, according to playerprofiler.com, that was the second most on the team. The only guy that ran more was Devo Samuel. He ran one more at 24, and he is now looking very questionable for the week with a groin injury. Um, so even more reason to like Pettis. And I'm not a big film guy, not because I don't believe in it, but because I don't typically have a lot of time to watch a lot of film. Um, but I went back and watched all of Dante Pettis' targets last week. And my God, he was very close to having a gigantic game. Um, there was two separate passes where he was tackled on the like the two-yard line. The first one has a great catch and run. He was tackled just before he could cross the plane. And on the second one, he was pretty open. Um, a little bit better of a pass, leading him a little more. Might have gotten to walk in. He had to kind of extend, reach up, and catch it. And then he ended up falling on the two. Uh, but again, he's getting good looks right down there. He's very close to scoring. And then he had a target that was in the back of the end zone. It looked like the Dwight Clark, the catch, uh, except for the fact that one of his feet came down just out of bounds. So it didn't count. So he was three plays away from having a ginormous game. So I love Dante Pettis this week. I'm going to play him in a couple of lineups and hopefully that pans out. Um, I said how much I like Jared Goff. That means I also really like Cooper Cup. I kind of mentioned earlier that I think T.Y. Hilton could be a great play against the Texans. He's coming off the bye healthy, so I'm looking for him to have another big game. Tyler Boyd, I think, bounces back against Jacksonville. Uh, last week, he was locked down by Marlon Humphrey. Kind of surprisingly, he moved to the slot to cover him. But I don't think A.J. Boye is going to be doing that. And Jalen Ramsey's gone. So I think Tyler Boyd could be uh, in for a big game. Lots of targets again. I want to go really deep. I like Alan Lazard if you want a deep play for the Green Bay Packers. He had that huge fourth quarter, kind of gained Aaron Rodgers' trust. And then basically every significant pass catcher for the Packers missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, Devontae Adams still dealing with a turf toe. Geronimo Allison left on Monday night with a concussion. Uh, Martez Valdez-Scantling left on Monday night. He came back, but he's still dealing with that issue. Um, and Jimmy Graham even missed practice Wednesday, probably a maintenance thing. Uh, the, the point is, Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison seem to be trending towards their, towards them being out. So, Alan Lazard, with Aaron Rodgers' trust on the big Monday night game, he could be a good play. Tight ends. Uh, yeah, tight ends. So, this is, a, again, I'm going to make a dart throw. You never know how it's going to go. But if you're going to throw a dart, uh, why not throw it at Dallas Goddard? Because, yeah, he is a quote-unquote backup tight end who also just happens to play over 70% of the snaps in the last two weeks. Uh, a lot of tight, a lot of two tight end sets with the Eagles, with him and Ertz. Um, and actually last week he saw eight targets, Goddard did. He actually had more fantasy points than Ertz, not by much, but he technically outscored him in most PPR type formats. Um, he is the rare usable tight end handcuff. Those are two rare things, being able to use two tight ends on a team and have a tight end handcuff. Like, that's not a thing, except for it is with Dallas Goddard. So he actually has huge upside, too, if you add him. And on the off chance that something does happen to Ertz, you've got one of those elite tight ends automatically. So And the game itself is a high over-under against the Cowboys. Could be a shootout. So Dallas Goddard, you can do a lot worse than him. 
if I need a desperation play, uh, I'm taking it with Goddard because he's pretty widely available. Speaking of availability, um, uh, DSTs. So I want it, it was a tough week for DSTs too. So I'm looking at ownership percentages. The Green Bay Packers against the Raiders that seemed good. Owned in 55%. Looking at Yahoo leagues at least. Uh, Tennessee against the Chargers. Yeah, that seems good. 54% ownage. So not quite as low as I want to look. Uh, and then the Eagles at the Cowboys, 48% owned. Good enough. We'll go there. Yeah, it might be a high-scoring game, um, but the Eagles might also get a lot of sacks and turnovers. Uh, Amari Cooper sounds like he's probably not going to play, so the Eagles secondary, maybe not quite as bad. Uh, no Tyron Smith, maybe. He's still um, battling injury, so if he sits out, the Eagles have great defensive line, great front seven. They can pressure the quarterback. They have the eighth most quarterback pressures so far this season. Also the eighth highest quarterback pressure percentage. They're pressuring quarterbacks on 27.3% of dropbacks. That's, um, like I said, eighth highest in the league. Very solid percentage. And if anybody can shut down the running game with Zeke, it's going to be Philly. They limited Delvin Cook to just 41 yards last week on 16 carries. So the Eagles, DST, might get sacks, maybe some turnovers, maybe shut down Zeke. I think they are going to be a definitely usable defense this week. So, um, okay, well, that's it for the attacks. That ran long, as attacks usually do. Let's see how quick we can get through the avoid section. You avoiding me? Okay, players to avoid. Let me start off this first one at quarterback with a disclaimer. I am not saying to absolutely bench this quarterback, but I do not like him based on uh, what he's being valued at, and I get it. On the Fantasy Pros, the consensus rankings there, he is the quarterback four on the week. And that just seems too high, even for Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Yeah, he has been very good this year. He's setting NFL records. He's had the most 300-yard games to start a season consecutively, all six games. Uh, the team is one and five, by the way, in that six games. So not good for a team uh, perspective. He threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns last week, and they lost. I don't know if they're going to try and change anything up, but even if they don't, even if he's still chucking the ball out there, the Rams defense, Rams defense has been average to good against quarterbacks, middle of the pack, 13th best in fantasy points allowed. But they also just added Jalen Ramsey, who I'm sure his back will be uh, miraculously healed, and he'll very possibly be shadowing Julio all day. So I think it, it, it's not a must bench. Don't get this twisted. But check for other options. For instance, this might sound a bit out there, but I would play Jared Goff over Matt Ryan this week. So that's definitely going to show up in the recap next week, either as a complete victory lap or as a I'm an idiot take. But I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say, Matt Ryan, temper the expectations. Look for better options. I think Jared Goff's a better option this week. Um, Another one to avoid, Sam Darnold. Again, probably obvious. The Patriots are crushing quarterbacks this year. Uh, by far the best defense against quarterbacks. Only one touchdown allowed, 14 picks. So Darnold has got a great schedule moving forward after this game or two weeks from now. In the near future, he's got a great schedule. But not this week. I'm not playing him Monday night. Uh, running backs, Carrion Johnson has been okay this year. A little underwhelming, I guess, for some of the hype he had. And he plays the Vikings. Vikings are giving up the 
sixth fewest points against running backs, 14.9 per game. Um, and the fifth fewest receiving yards. Carry-on's been okay in the air, um, I guess. But the Vikings have also given up zero rushing touchdowns at home this season uh, in the Twin Cities. And in those three home games, they gave up 73 rushing yards to Atlanta, 88 rushing yards to Oakland, 108 rushing yards to Philly. That was the best, and that was pretty good, I guess. But still not great when you look at those three games. And like I said, no touchdowns given up on the ground. Carry-on. Um, not has not been great. He has only surpassed 50 yards on the ground one time this year, and that was against the Chiefs. It was 125. It was way over 50. But every other game, he's been under 50. Um, he's only getting 2.6 targets per game this season. He's got three total touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground, but I don't see him doing great this week against Minnesota. Um, I get it. He's a volume back. He's out there for most of the snaps, uh, so maybe you got to play him, but maybe you can find a better option as well. Um, Adrian Peterson against the 49ers. I think that's not going to happen this week. So that was a fun week of Adrian Peterson hope last week. Um, and some other backfields I'm avoiding because I'm just worried about playing the right guy. Uh, the Chiefs backfield, I don't know who to play there. Chargers backfield, I guess Melvin Gordon is kind of complaining a little bit. Maybe he'll get the ball more. I don't know. I don't really, I'll play him. I don't really want to. Uh, the Packers backfield, Seems like it should be an Aaron Jones backfield, but maybe not because Jamal Williams looked pretty dang good last week too. I, I would play either of them, but I don't feel great about playing either of them. Wide receivers to avoid. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he had a big game last week against Dallas, but he plays New England this year. This year, uh, Well, he will play them again this year, which is this week. Um, Patriots giving up the fewest uh no the third fewest barely third fewest points against fantasy wide receivers 14.8 there's two teams giving up 14.6 so you might as well just call it the fewest and then stefan gilmore probably going to be covering him he limited juju in week one even with ben roethlisberger he covered john brown in week four terry mclaren in week five none of these guys had big weeks the only guy to have a big week against the patriots defense was golden tate last week that was out of the slot and I don't think Robbie Anderson's going to be playing out of the slot. I think he's a great stash, but you can't count on him for this week. Other bad cornerback matchups to kind of uh, pay attention to and maybe temper these guys a little bit. Tyler Lockett goes against the Ravens and very possibly Marlon Humphrey. He followed Boyd into the slot last week, so no reason to think he won't follow Lockett in there this week. Like I said, Julio Jones is going up against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Stephon Diggs probably gets Darius Slay from Detroit. Allen Robinson probably gets Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I don't know. He'll probably shut somebody down on the Giants. I know that's not a great take, but pay attention. See what Peterson's doing, I guess. Tight ends to avoid? I don't know. Uh, take your shot. Play who you like. Mike Kosecki, I guess, because the Bills are good against tight ends for whatever that's worth. You're probably not playing Kosecki anyways, I hope. Uh, defenses to avoid? The Ravens against Seattle. I, I know I said that I think Humphrey maybe follows uh, Lockett into the slot, maybe locks him down a little bit, but Russell Wilson's on fire. Chris Carson's on fire. Until I see a reason not to play those guys, I'm going to keep playing them, and I'm not going to trust the, way, the Ravens to stop them. High over under on the game. Um, so, yeah, even with Marcus Peters now in Baltimore, I have a lot of other teams I would rather play. And I'm done just coming under the wire again, just beneath 30 minutes, I think. Beneath 30 minutes, yeah, that works enough, I guess. 
Um, if you're listening and you enjoy this, please subscribe, uh, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Please, like I said, subscribe. Please rate. Please review. I'm starting to see subscriptions go up a little bit. Listens are going up. That's awesome. I really, really do appreciate that, and that's really cool to see. Um, like I said, reviews on Apple Podcasts are great. I've got two now, so thank you to Dr. K and to Jason K Metrics. I do really appreciate it. It's awesome. Um, that's it. I'm done. Hopefully this helps. Hopefully you have a good week seven. Good luck out there. Uh, hit me up in the Twitterverse and I'm out.